Hello and welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show all about workers' rights and social justice. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast to you around the country on Community Radio Network. I'm Dennis Rogatik. We begin the episode with a few quick news items. Duncan Hart, a Coles employee from Brisbane, whom we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, has won his rights for a legal appeal against a deal that was struck between the SDA and Coles management. The deal would have left 77,000 workers worse off as a result of a cut in their penalty rates while increasing their overall minimum wage. The date for the appeal is currently being set. The ABC has reported that the Baida Chicken Processing Company is set to pay half a million dollars to its workforce in Beresfield, near Newcastle, after it was discovered that a large number of 417 visa workers were forced to work up to 18 hours a day at half the minimum wage and with no overtime. The verdict is yet another story of the shocking exploitation of immigrant labor that we've seen right across the nation, from wood and veggie fields of Ingham's to poultry factories and 7-Eleven stores. Finally, as some listeners may have heard, in the last couple of weeks, the officials from the CFMEU, the Maritime Union of Australia, and Textile, Clothing and Footwear Union have been discussing the possibility of a merger into one militant mega-union. Paddy Crumlin, the National Secretary of MUA, and Michael O'Connor, National Secretary of the CFMEU, have both spoken out in favour of the merger, arguing that this would allow the union and its members to fight the anti-worker and anti-union attacks more effectively, in the workplace and outside of it. On today's show, we will focus on union amalgamation and the concept of one big union. We need to ask ourselves a question. Is merging the various industrial sectors into one organization necessarily the best way to enhance the workers' power? Does that move us closer to finally taking over the means of production? Or does it simply enhance the power of the union bureaucracies and further distance it from the rank and file? And what of the old syndicalist notion of one big union and the Marxist approach to class struggle in the unions? To help answer these questions, we've invited two long-time trade unionists, Dave Karen and Liz Ross, to bring in their respective stories and weigh in their opinion on the potential merger. Joining us now is Dave Karen, the long-term union activist and the project officer for the Earth Worker Cooperative. Uh, Dave, welcome back to Stick Together. Thanks very much. This um, uh, sort of announcements about the, um, the possible mergers be- between the CFMU and MUA and uh, any other Melton unions, um, have, you, have you taken it as in as uh, some po- positive news that sort of all, all Melton unions uh, seem to be coming together under, under the one big union brand again? Yes, I, I think that's... Uh that's a, a really important uh, evolutionary step in, in the history of our movement. Um, as listeners would know, it, it, there's always been a strand in the organised labour movement that's called for the idea of a, uh, one big union with a, with a series of departments in it so that we eliminate you know, things like uh, uh, demarcation disputes um, so that we don't duplicate some of the minor activities around administration and management in unions but rather can put all our energies into the creation of an alternative. And um, 
Uh, so you've been an activist and a delegate in the uh, all in the old Builders Lab- Laborers Federation and an organizer uh, at the CFMEU. So from from your point of view, do you feel like the amalgamation has actually has strengthened the rank and file of the of the militant union? Yes, I I, I do think that. I I think that uh, if I look back to the days of the BLF, um, even in the early seventies, uh, each of the building unions, the Building Workers Industrial Union, the Builders Laborers Federation. Association of Carpenters and Joiners, uh, they all called for one building union, but, you know, everybody wanted to be in charge of it. Mm. Um, the CFMU, on the other hand, have actually called for it, and they're making it happen, um, whilst, uh, whilst, of course, leaving autonomy within the, uh, within the overall amalgamated structure until people are ready to, uh, to see those lines of, um, uh, you know, disappear and come out of the one administration. So... Look, I think it's been a long process. It hasn't always been a positive one, of course. The deregistration of the BLF played a role in it. However, you would have to say that where things are headed at the moment, discussions particularly between the MUA and the uh, CFMEU, yes, I, I see that as a positive thing. I see that, um, you know, it's, uh, our loyalty is to each other as working people, uh, mm. not to any one faction or organisation within that. Mm. And there's also definitely been uh, a very strong relationship between the CFMEU and the uh, MUA historically uh, as well. But, but I guess it's it also, um, this will be an entirely new step as well in the, in the sort of in the, in the process of creation of this one big militant union because now you will have uh, um, the union co- covering two industries that are quite apart from each other, you know, construction and, 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 and the wharf. Yes, uh, you know, I, I think, however, there, of course, always have been, as you say, the, the overlaps between the different, what are now divisions of the CFMU and the maritime uh, workforce. So, you know, that now gives a chance to organise uh, across those links industrially and that will inevitably strengthen the hand of the working people in the, uh, in the new organisation. And, and I think importantly will uh, point to the fact that, um, as in construction now, where the employers are so dependent upon the knowledge and the wisdom and the skills and uh, the experience of the CFMU activists and delegate base, uh, that ultimately, of course, um, you're looking at potential to build out that social sector of the economy that is under democratic control. <coughs> and as I mentioned before, um, you've, you've, been, you've also been quite a... Quite, quite passionate about the industrial workers of the world as well, and particularly the, the, this uh, prevailing concept, concept of the one big union. So um, do you think that the that is the real direction that uh, the, the unions uh, should take at the moment? So perhaps we, we could have the uh, CFMEU, MUA, ETU, um, NUW, and the other unions all, all sort of join, join together in the, in the, uh, under the within this one big militant union, so to speak? That, that, that would be my dream. <laughs> uh, that, that would be my hope. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, never going to happen according to a, a worked-out blueprint, um, uh, you know, a blueprint that's as neat and tidy as the Wobblies originally set it out. But you can see an evolution, as I said before, in, in our movement. And you can see, just as democracy has evolved, you know, it used to only involve the rich and then men, and then the Indigenous people didn't have a vote. And so you've seen that evolution uh, based on the struggles of people, uh, the democracy evolved. And that's still going on to this day where it's now evolving into the economy. Well, I think similarly, we're looking at you know, what sort of structures are best placed to fight the um, injustices contained within, a, uh, especially in our liberal economy. Um, and and uh, importantly, and connected to that, what sort of structure would it take? 
democratically uh, run industry and uh, hence the, I think uh, the evolution back into organized labor of the cooperative movement. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and ultimately, uh, ultimately, um, you know, regardless of you know how small or big our unions, uh, that is that is our goal. It's our our goal is to um, for the workers to take over uh, the the means of production and start running uh, the the economy. Um, you mentioned just before the this you know this um, the, the the growth of the of the social sector and the um, having having a militant mega union can really. Help with that, with that. Could you just give us a couple of, of examples how that would work? Yes, well, I think that um, you know already the social sector uh, uh, in in Australia is is reasonably big. I mean, you're looking at you know fourteen billion dollars worth of uh, of assets, uh, mainly around farming and finance. Now, it is an alive debate as to just how how much uh, like cooperatives uh, these behave, um, given that often the workers are not allowed to belong to the cooperatives, but fact is it's a, it's a tendency in that direction. Um, with the rise of earth worker cooperative, we're seeing that link being made back again into the movement between organised labour democratically owning and controlling, um, in our case, manufacturing and other service cooperative providers as well, um, and the organised labour movement, so that, so that we're not just, you know, fighting for uh, a bigger share of the economy that we work within primarily now, but we're, mm. we're actually working towards a better world, and uh, not just, as I say, a bigger share of the one we're in. So, uh, you know, I think the, the cooperatives provide for that. It's, it provides for a, a democratic presence within the economy. Mm. Uh, as that, as uh, as democracy itself evolves, it evolves into the economy itself. When you look at superannuation, I mean, that's a, a socialised capital. It's our wage, paid for work we've already done sitting in funds, primarily being used for the, in the interests of private capital at the moment. We need that democratised. We need for people to be able to engage with their own superannuation in ways that benefit uh, the individual worker, their families, uh, the nation itself. So I think the cooperative and mutual sector allow for that, um, you know, and uh, uh, we've got examples of it working, working successfully around the world for many, many decades. Um, combined with the organised labour movement that militantly fights for justice and, and democracy within the private uh, and public economies, um, uh, the idea of organised labour also having that other part of its work where we're looking at it, that, that, that work being strengthening of the social sector. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, Dave, well, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Stick, uh, on the stick Together today. Thank you very much, Dan. Tune in to Stick Together, all about workers' rights and social justice. 8.30am Wednesday, 6.30am Thursday, 7am Saturday. Or listen on demand on 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. We just had Dave Kieran introduce today's topic, the possible merger between the CFMEU and the Maritime Union of Australia. We are continuing with the story. Joining us now is Liz Ross, a longtime unionist, activist and labour historian and the author of Dare to Struggle, Dare to Win, the history of fight of the Builders Labourers Federation against, against the registration. Liz, welcome to Stick Together. Hi. 
uh, listen, I thought we would start today uh, talking generally about the um, uh, this I- this idea of of mega unions, especially mega militant uh, mega militant ones. Uh, in, and in Australia already, the, the CFMA can be regarded as as a mega union in its own right. Mm. So, in your in your own opinion, do you believe that there is sort of a limit to how far amalgamation? Uh, sort of union amalgamation can go and whether or not it is, it is actually an effective means of um, increasing the workers' bargaining power? Well, I don't think that we can just have a, you know, a, a formula that we apply to to unions and union activism and say, well, this is the best size, this is the best combination, this is the... Uh, you know, this is the the particular uh, group of workers who should be together. I think the question really comes down to will whatever the uh, organisation that workers put together, whether it will be the organisation that fights militantly for for workers' rights on the job and also sort of takes on some of the the more political questions that unions need to to face, you know, like uranium mining or same-sex marriage or um, refugees or a, um, a range of other things like that. So I think I think that really we can't say yes, a mega a mega union of across across a, a range of industries is the best answer. Um, on the other hand, we can't we we can't say that um, a very small union. Is the best answer either. So, really, it, a lot of it depends on on the history of class struggle in a particular country, and a lot of it depends on exactly why those unions come together and organise. And I mean, we've got in the history of Australia, we've got two unions that, or two sort of workers' organisations that really tried to pull together that concept of mega unions and back, you know back in the early days and that was the IWW mm. the International Workers of the World and also the Australian Workers Union and at various times in their history they they tried to you know they talked about one big union and something that did cover a range of of workplaces and and had you know and had some and also sort of talked about covering political issues and had some some impact. Um, unfortunately, the AWU very early on was ended up being tied up with with Labor Party politics and became really an agent of a, of the Labor Party mm. in many places. So uh, it lost that it lost the sort of militant edge that you would need for something like that. So for me, for me, the whole concept really is about about what strengthens the class in terms of you know, in terms of the militancy of the of the workforce, um, does it give workers enough strength to to fight or not? And I'll give a couple of examples mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. where maybe it's not the it's not necessarily the answer yes. uh, because we had during the MUA dispute in 1998 here in, in Australia we had an agreement between the MUA, the CFMEU, the AMWU, the ETU, I think the plumbers um, and possibly the AWU as well, who basically said if the employers, if the ruling class in whatever form goes after the MUA, then we will we will stand up for the MUA, we will take industrial action in support of the MUA, you know, we will cover the back of the MUA. Uh, 
we're all in this together. And that struck me as being a really important step in terms of concentrating the the, the firepower, really, of, of the working class to, to and presenting a sort of united front to the employers saying, you can't pick us off, you can't attack one, you know, and that whole slogan, touch one, touch, touch one. Touch yeah, exactly, yeah. Yes. Mm. So, so that's that's what I've, that, uh, you know, on, and also there, there's other examples where, and I'll, I'll use the building trade as a as a particular example mm-hmm. where, you know, if you if you've got a construction site, and a while ago there were a whole lot more unions on the on the building sites, and so at various stages during the development, a particular union would have. Uh, quite a deal of power. So the Builders Labourers Federation had quite a deal of power right at the beginning of the job when they were building the foundations. Mm. The glaziers had a whole lot of power towards the end of the of the construction, putting in the in the glass the glass in the windows mm. because you couldn't get a certificate of occupancy without glass in the windows. And you know that sort of that puts as much pressure. On the on the boss as as the builders labourers could, or you take the um, the sprinkler fitters who mm. who were putting in all of that stuff without without them signing off on the job. Well, then you know that was the end of you know that job was was going to stop, and you know until the workers got what they wanted. So I think you know, and they were all different. They were all different unions um, that had that particular power at particular stages and you know the other unions could come in behind them on and that and it usually happened as well that if one union won uh some sort of game then it would flow on to everybody else Mm, sometimes mm, you had mm. to fight for it but it would flow on to everybody else so you know that's this is my point about there's there's no necessary uh value in in having one big union, yeah. um, if you've got if you've got those other links, if you if you're working with other militant unions, mm, mm, absolutely. Um, now, do you feel like do you feel like the history is actually now repeating itself with the government's uh, attempts to deregister and marginalise the CFMEU? Um, well, I think one of the things that happened with with um, with unions, and with, well, I'll just go back to that point mm-hmm. about you know the different unions and the division between between workers and things. And certainly, the employers try to play up all of those divisions. And there are there are certainly times in the history of the union movement where those divisions have, in fact, seriously divided the the union movement and also meant defeat in in various struggles. So it's not. It's not always that the unions will work together, and that gives you the basis sometimes for an argument to say, well, if we were all in the same union, then we could be stronger and mm-hmm. then we could fight together. And that's certainly the justification for um, a number of amalgamations. But what happened What happened um, under the accord years with the amalgamations that were proposed then, Mm -hmm. there were a number effectively forced amalgamations or amalgamations between different unions that had the same politics but not necessarily any synergy between the the work that they did. And some of those um, amalgamations fell by the the wayside. Uh, Some of the uh, unions 
didn't maintain um, their their coverage of particular jobs or things like that. Um, so so it, and also the other thing about the the amalgamations that happened during the during the accord years mm-hmm. is that in lots of ways it actually strengthened the it strengthened the centralised bureaucracy of, mm. of a particular union and also centralised control in the hands of the ACTU, which is, um, if you're a militant union, this is not uh, a step in the right direction. So it took away, um, and I experienced this myself, it took a, it, it destroyed the the shop-level shop organisation of many unions um, it meant that there were there were fewer organisers. It meant that a lot more of the decisions were made at the top. Um, it increased the size of the bureaucracy, although it was not meant mm-hmm. to. And so, what happened to a, lo- a number of unions is that the rank and file lost control over, or even some say, you know, regardless of whether they had control before, that mm-hmm. they lost. They lost a say in in what happened with the union, and I was in the um, public sector union, and we mm-hmm. had in the department I was in, we had a, a very effective uh, delegates committee and a reasonably healthy delegate structure. That all disappeared, mm-hmm. and that was tied in, of course, with the enterprise bargaining sort of push. So there were sort of pressures from all sides, which really, in the end, meant that um, that rank and file work con- worker control of the of the union um, disappeared. The CFMEU, well, the the amalgamation that happened with the the Builders Labor Federation and the rest of the sort of construction unions, uh, that was a two stage kind of process. The first thing was that. The, a number of the unions, the Building Workers Industrial Union and some other of the unions, came together under this accord amalgamation process. The BLF was forced into amalgamation mm-hmm. by the lack of solidarity of unions like the BWIU and the Crane Crew, um, who poached, effectively poached members of the BLF when, during the deregistration. So in the end, when the BLF uh, could not survive any more, in effect it was forced into an amalgamation with with what was then the CFMEU. So, you know, in a sense it was, um, it, was it was not an amalgamation by choice and mm-hmm. there was some there was some history between the various unions. Um, over the deregistration. However, having said that, the the union then did, you know, all the forces did amalgamate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think there has been a certain loss of control by the rank and file in the union. Though, you know, I'm sure the CFME you would argue differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's this is just my opinion. Um, right. And I think when we look at both the figures and the levels of industrial action across the entire union, and that does, you know, even though the CFMEU is is amongst the most militant, we've seen a dramatic drop in both unionisation and uh, militancy, and you have to ask yourself whether the amalgamation process has contributed to that, Mm -hmm. whether it's 
maybe it slowed it down a bit, but I don't think so. Um, and if it has contributed to a drop in industrial action and in unionisation, then you would have to ask whether, in fact, it was a good strategy for the union movement. Yes, yes. And... Uh uh, with this sort of new potential amalgamation uh, with the with the with the MUA, uh, here here we kind of th- we are kind of uh, talking of a potential merger between two uh, unions that cover two very very different industries, and from my yes. uh, from my knowledge, they don't actually have any direct um, uh, ov- overlap. Except, so, except yep. in the fact that uh, I think there, there's an overlap often in the workforce where you will get people who have worked on the docks who also work in construction mm. because both industries are you know, have their ups and downs in terms of work and and have particularly with the construction industry have periods where there's not a lot of work around and so the workers there will go into other jobs um, mm-hmm. while there's a quiet time in construction. So they yes. have, at the rank and file level, you know, the ordinary worker level, there's been an overlap, but certainly you're right in terms of no obvious overlap in, in terms of the actual work that they do. But mm-hmm. again, there's overlap in terms of the militancy of both unions. Absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely. In lots of ways, really, the fundamental question for the union movement at the moment is how to rebuild and how to how to become more militant to take on the attacks that are coming. Now, if amalgamation helps a, a couple of unions to do that more effectively, good. But if um, you know other ways of organising, you know, help us help in different ways, um, then that that would be good too. So. Oh, pleasure. And I, I should really go out with the uh, with the slogan of the BLF, and it is dare to struggle, dare to win. And that's that's the slogan the union movement has to take up. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, th- thank you so much once again. Well, thank you for, for having me. That was Liz Ross wrapping up our discussion about the possible amalgamation between CFMU and other militant unions. Well, this brings us to the end of the show today. My name is Dennis Rogatyuk. I'd like to once again thank our two special guests today, Dave Kern from Earthworker and Liz Ross from Socialist Alternative. Just time for some quick community announcements. On November the 9th, the Australian Unemployed Workers Union will be staging a counter-conference against max employment and highlighting the plight of the unemployed and underemployed population in Australia. That will start at 8 a.m. on November 9th at 192 Wellington Parade, Melbourne. Also, 3CR has recently received a menacing visit from the far-right United Patriots Front, which intimidated the station staff and roamed aggressively around the station. We at Stick Together condemn their attempts at intimidation and urge all of our listeners to attend the counter-rally against Reclaim Australia and its bigoted hate-filled message of Islamophobia, racism and division on November 22nd in various cities across their nation. In conclusion, I'd like to once again thank the Community Broadcasting Federation for its financial support of the program. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and we hope you tune in same time next week.